those of you, again, that might be new today or just over the last couple of weeks, you've heard us talk a little bit that we have been celebrating our 15th year anniversary, which is an awesome story that we've been telling a little bit. And to be honest, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking back and just, just marveling at some of the amazing things that God has done for us. But I want to pivot a little bit today over these next couple of weeks and just share with you, I believe, what God has been speaking to my heart about what do the next 15 years look like? What, where are we now in our, in our journey ahead? And we're excited about that. Back in March, I was reading a, a church leadership book that was comparing what the work of the church is today uh, to, uh, to something in our history here in America. He, he was kind of paralleling where the church is today to the adventures, if you might remember from your school days, Lewis and Clark and that, that great attempt of finding the Northwest Passage. And, and although for those that were setting out like more than 200 years ago, uh, they, they thought that it was relatively smooth sailing. Um, actually, it was uh, canoeing back in that day for those guys to find what we know as kind of the western coast of America. And everything seemed to be going okay until Lewis and Clark came to the Lehigh Pass, which is currently in the state of Idaho today. It was at that moment they got their first look at the Rocky Mountains. You see, to this point, I mean, it's hard for us really to try to put it into perspective, but no American had ever been to the Pacific Northwest. No American had ever seen the Rocky Mountains before. I mean, the most that they could compare to was what, what it was like here on the East Coast or kind of our, our rolling little mountains, but never would they have imagined that this journey and what it was about to turn into, the farthest that we had ever pushed. In fact, St. Louis still today has the reputation of calling the gateway to the great West, to the great unknown. And here's one of the things that they discovered that's kind of been an underlining theme for not only where we have been as a church, but, but, but what the next 15 years look for us. And it was this statement that has just been ringing in my spirit over the last couple of months. As they looked at the, those great Rocky Mountains and, and trying to canoe uh, uh, the, what they thought they could get to the other side, they made this discovery that the world in front of us is nothing like the world behind us. They recognized that, that this journey was going to take them to a moment that was going to press everything that who they were, every challenge that they ever thought that they could accomplish was now seemingly overwhelmingly standing in front of them. And as much as we can look back at some amazing things that God has been able to help us accomplish and see some miracles and, and amazing things take place, yet we stand, I think, at our own Leem High Pass at real life over these next 15 years. And I want you to understand with me today that the world in front of us is much different than the world that we have left 15 years ago. You see, I think it's an accurate statement for where we stand today when Sundays are more about soccer and Starbucks than they are about the Sabbath. When Christian student groups are getting de-recognized on university campuses. When the fastest growing religious affiliation among young adults today is they're identifying as none. We don't want any of it. When there's no moral consensus that is built on Christian principles any longer. When the incorrect use of a person's pronoun is now being considered hate speech. You see, church, we have to realize that the world in front of us is nothing like the world that was behind us. And I don't think there's any doubt that the church is going to face some rocky mountains in our days ahead. We stand maybe again at a Lehigh Pass in the church. 
And I think one of the big mistakes that Lewis and Clark made was the wrong assumption about the journey that was in front of them. They thought that it would be smooth sailing. They thought they could canoe their way all the way to the West Coast only to realize that somewhere along that journey that they and you and I are gonna find ourselves facing some Rocky Mountains. And they seemingly had to ask the question, how do you canoe up the Rocky Mountains? Well, you don't. You have to find fortitude. You have to find a way. You have to make a way. And I'm glad today that we don't have to do that all on our own, but that God is with us and the power of the Holy Spirit is with his church, that no matter what we face in our days ahead, how many know as he was faithful then, can you say with me today that we know that he will be faithful today? Can you say amen with me today, church? Amen. Although we are going to face some Rocky Mountain moments in our life, you see, it's a matter of who is with us and who goes before us makes all the difference in the world. I know for myself, our staff, our leadership team at Real Life, we have to be determined to lead forward into what I believe will be uncharted territory in the days ahead. And that we want to bring more and we want to develop more leaders. We want to have a heart among us today that will guide us in these days ahead. I think when we stand on this moment to pivot about where we have been and yet where are we going, I think that there are some decisions that have to be made. There are some big questions that we have to ask of ourselves about what will drive us in the next 15 years. And I think maybe the one big question that I want to challenge every one of you here today, maybe some of you obviously that have been around for a long time or you've been relatively new. I think one of the big questions for me as we stand, I think, at a Rocky Mountain moment of these next 15 years is this. Will we be a church that operates by maintenance or by mission? Let me explain for just a couple of minutes before I really kind of jump into, into the word this morning. But let me set a little bit of groundwork for, for us over these next couple of weeks around this decision that, that, that I have to make and that ultimately I think each and every one of us have to make that call this home today. Is that, that, that will we just fit into a maintenance mode or we will continue to be missional? Consider this. You see, I think at every church start, there is a plan or a dream to last forever. We've been talking about our moment 15 years ago when we launched, there was just a handful of us at the time. And I think as we did and, and every church plant, that there is this hope, this dream, that, that this church is gonna last forever. But time bears a disappointingly stark reality to that equation. If I could have you consider, so we are a part of the Assemblies of God. It's a rather large church organization here, a fellowship foundation here now in America. But in the last five years among the Assemblies of God, in 2018, we opened 327 brand new churches, but we closed 314. In 2019, we opened 265 new churches, but closed 296. In 2020, we opened 214 churches, but closed 262. In 21, we opened 213 churches, but closed 321. And last year, we opened 265 brand new churches, but we closed 346. So what that means in the last five years is that we closed 300 more churches than we opened. You see, the world in front of us is nothing like the world 
behind us. And maybe to put that in a little bit of perspective, that would be like saying that in the next five years that we will close every single Assemblies of God church here in the state of Pennsylvania. That's the trend. That's the track of what we have been able to see in the last five years. But really, it's been going on longer than the last five years. Can I ask you this morning to think, where would you say is maybe the hardest, most resistant places to the gospel in our world today? Now, maybe right away, some of you might think, well, Pastor, it's probably the the Middle East or the Arab world, and we would think, well, that, that would be somewhat expected, and you're probably not wrong. But most of our missionaries today are declaring places like England and France as some of the most darkened places to the gospel. Why? Some of you maybe of church history would say, well, pastor, didn't the great revival, the great awakening, wasn't that birthed out of Europe? Wasn't it birthed out of England and, and some of the most powerful revivalists that, that, that raged not only across England and France and that part of the world, and then it jumped the pond here to America and lit America on fire with, with a great almost world revival. Isn't this the moment? Wasn't that the birthplace of so many powerful moves of God? And I would say yes to all of that. But time has a way of shifting the church's focus from missional to maintenance. See, the sad realization is is that we don't have to look too far back into history to find out that there were times where churches were on fire for God that today are marginalized. That there are things that we can talk more about our past than we can talk about our future. That, that most of the big things that we talk about were the memories of things that happened long ago that are not no longer currently happening or the faith for us to believe in the future. And so as part of this pivot, what I want you to pray with me about today, what I, what I want you to just really go before God, and maybe today we're going to do that as a church family, to, to maybe help answer that question. The next 15 years of real life, will it simply be maintenance Or we will continue to be a missional church, believing for God's power, for God's vision, for God's direction in our days ahead. Can I ask you to buckle up for just a minute? Yeah, some of you don't know, you have seatbelts right next to you. So go ahead, like, look to you, and and you need to strap it on. Every once in a while, for your safety, for your safety. You see, we're trying to change the world. But let's be honest, most of us remain unchanged. Oh, I know we want to shout and we want to believe, but let me ask you, like really, where, where is your heart and fire for the church of God, for your relationship with Jesus? Are you missional or are you maintenance? Did you come in to be a spectator today or did you truly come in to be a participant did you come in to have Adriel and the band entertain you and, and, and just encourage and give you the tinglys? Or have you come ready to say, Pastor Jim, man, my heart is on fire. I'm exploding. I'm ready to go. Let's lead this thing. Let's be missional today. And let's have God speak to us new and afresh with God's word in our life today. Oh, we want to change the world, but let's be honest. Most churches and most church people remain unchanged. 
See, sadly, we can talk a good game, but the challenge is, are we living it? Are you living it? Along with that, I had this thought, what would happen if I didn't show up on Sunday? Or if I didn't show up through the week, or maybe I didn't even show up next Sunday? And trust me, that's not an egotistical comment on my part, as if you might be thinking, what, does he think this church can't run without him? No, I'm not saying that at all. You see, it's more of an indictment against me. I've wanted to ask God, and have asked God all week, Am I on maintenance mode or am I missional? Has it been good just to kick back to say, hey, we did it 15 years. Man, most churches don't make it three. We've made it 15. Let's just call it in. Let's just enjoy what it is. Has my leadership been missional or maintenance for real life? Is there still a fire burning in my soul, your soul, to reach lost people, to disciple lost people, to help lost people become redeemed people? You see, there is a Rocky Mountain moment for us today. There is a Lehigh Pass that we have to make a decision on today. How are we going to go in these next 15 years? Can I tell you, the world in front of us is nothing like the world behind us. We can't just improve. We can't just do more, do better of what we've done 15 years ago in the world that we are facing that is in front of us. It takes a church to get on its face before God to find new heart, new vision, new mission for every moment, every day that is ahead. And it's a decision for you, and it's a decision for me as well. If I probably mentioned the name Matt, Matt Redmond, some of you would probably be familiar with that. He was a worship leader in a pretty large church in England. And he was writing music and performing in venues around the world, maybe to give you a little bit of perspective. He was then, 20 years ago, what Elevation Worship or Mav City Worship is today. Most churches were singing his songs 20 years ago, like today we often sing Elevation Worship. He was the voice that the Christian world had surrounded itself around. But he was a worship leader in a local church. And one day his pastor realized that their church, where Matt was the worship leader, was taking on more of a concert feel. They would engage in worship, but not much else. No one was showing up for outreaches. Hardly anybody would come to a prayer meeting. It was hard to get anybody to serve. Life groups were dwindling. But if Matt put on a worship concert, the place was packed. And I know some pastors would be like, man, what's the problem with that, right? Get a full house. But this story's been told many times over, and you'll never guess what that pastor did in the midst of all of that. He pulled the plug on the worship team. He told the band, they're done. You don't need to show up next Sunday. And he looked at Matt and he said, if you want to come up with your guitar and you want to lead, then you can do that. But if you don't want to, that's fine. We'll just gather and we'll sing a cappella. I mean, he took a pretty bold move. There was the sense of a rocky mountain that this pastor felt 
Like, are we here just entertaining people? Or is there a mission that is driving us for the souls of those around us in our community? And that next week, Matt just felt these words from heaven fill his soul. And again, maybe for some of you, you maybe haven't been around church long enough, but it's the song that he wrote, When the Music Fades and all is stripped away. And I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your name and bless your heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about That song for a number of years began to radiate not only around England, but around the world. A country that at one point in their past could speak of fires and revivals and powerful moves of God, but recognized they had simply become a maintenance church. They were just riding on the wave that had happened long ago and they had failed to keep the fire of God fresh in their life. And God reminded them, and my challenge and the question for us today, for God to remind us is what happens if the music fades? Is it still all about him? Is it that God would remind you and I that I need to be brought back? What is the heart of worship? It's not the melody and it's not the band and it's not the song, it's him and him alone. And we cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You see, our world today, I I don't believe needs another, nor does it desire another silver-tongued orator to some wow us with some professional word. But I believe what the world demands from us collectively is that are we authentic? Do we really believe? Is that why we have come today to get one step closer to the heart of God? That I'm not concerned about meeting people in the foyer. I'm not concerned about the coffee. I'm not concerned about the temperature in the room. I'm not concerned about the level of the music or the level of songs that we're singing. But the heart to me is that I want to know him more. I want to move in the presence and the power more. I want God more today and tomorrow than I have in my past that I don't want to be on cruise or on maintenance, but I want to be on mission. God, speak to me today. God, use me today. God, send me today. Do our words and our actions, do they match to the world around us? Are we people of character, of care, of constancy? Am I just a roller coaster believer, a roller coaster Christian? Do I just move with the wind and and, and the things that are there? Or is there something that I've anchored myself to? And no matter what winds come, no matter what storms blow, I know that I am anchored. Are we still the same if the music fades? Do we believe still as if next week it's only Adriel and a guitar, and yet we can flood the room 
with the worship and the praise to God. Why? Because it's all about Him. So I was reading in Acts chapter 1, the start of the church that we know it today and thinking about us and planting a church. I think that maybe you could agree with me today that there had to have been some intrepidation when we read through the first chapter of Acts when Jesus ascended. And there the disciples were left, I think, with their mouths open and their eyes looking up into the heaven, realizing what just happened. Right? It wasn't like it was a mystery because Jesus had been talking to them. I mean, they had come through the death of Christ and the resurrection. So, I mean, the, the power of a, a miraculous event, I mean, must have, have kind of already kind of permeated everything about them. But, but now Jesus was truly turning over the keys to the kingdom. He was giving them this last final commission because he was going and everything that he began, this church, this power of God was going to remain with these 11 at the time. It's true that he told them that it was coming. There was going to be a, a time that, that they would see him no more. It was true that they would soon be filled with the Holy Spirit. But let's be honest, I think it was a lot to take in in this particular moment. He was going for good. And when they looked around, they realized that they were a man down and this is the way Luke records the situation in Acts chapter 1. And so they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart, and so show us which one of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry. And I want you to see that word apostolic this morning. I want to just kind of jump in there for just the next couple of moments. You see, and I guess my cry to you today is that that these disciples recognized that they were a man down and they needed everybody to fulfill the call that Christ had laid on every one of them. And maybe as I look on this crowd today as well, maybe I can put that same call out. That we need everyone. You see, the disciples realized we can't go forward. We're we're a man down. And before we go forward, we got to know that, that we've got everybody. And I want you to, I guess, hear my heart today that as we go and think about the next 15 years, I want to I wanna kind of put it out. Then who's with us? We don't want to go unless everybody is in. And so they prayed to say, we need help in this apostolic ministry. Well, Paul later goes on to describe for us what what that means. What is an apostolic ministry? He writes this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ gave himself the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. In other words, in the first part of this is that God has ordained those to lead, those to, to hear the heart of God, those to, 
to again cast vision and, and mission and, and to be there to hear the heart of God like he had done with the prophets of the past, the judges, the, uh, those that, that led Israel. And so now God was going to uh, ordain that on the life of the church as well, to, to take this ecclesia, this gathering of people, that there would be one that would have vision and direction, but, but him and him alone would not be able to fulfill the role simply was for them then to equip his people, God's people, for the works of service. In other words, God does not put me here to entertain you, but to equip you. Not just to abide in maintenance, but to again cast missional vision for you to realize, hey, if we're a man down, then someone's got to step up and make it happen. You can count on me because I'm in. That we've got to see this thing through. That Jesus said that he's giving us the keys to the kingdom. One day he's going to come back and he's going to ask us, how did you do with what I gave you to do? That we are to equip his people for the works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And we mature. And we attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Maybe I could give you the Reader's Digest version of that. You see, in doing things around the church, I need to decrease. And you need to increase. You see, God gives mission and vision and direction. But my job is to equip you, what does it say? To do the work of the ministry. You see, if we're one man down, one woman down, the ripple effect of that is devastating. You see, you might think, Pastor, what's the deal? Well, again, we don't have to look very far in church history to realize that some of the most darkened places on the earth today to the gospel were at one time the hotbed of where the gospel thrived churches at one time that were drawing in hundreds and even thousands of people where their missional work seemed like it would never end. But somewhere time will make a shift in the hearts and the minds of people to go maintenance versus continue to stay missional. And my challenge for you, my challenge for me in these next 15 years is the choice, the question that has to be answered and maybe has to be answered today. What are you, what am I, what are we going to do about that decision? Will real life be maintenance or will real life be missional? You see, there is a new world that's out there. We can't do church like we did 50 years ago. We just can't. I know we want to live in the past. I know we want to think about Look, our story and, and the church story, whether it's 15 years ago or 50 years ago, but the world in front of us is nothing like the world behind us. And so what do we have to do as a church? We need a fresh move of God's spirit. Listen, inside every one of us. Your prayer, my prayer. You gotta believe that I am not here to entertain you but I am here to equip you. You can't come in with your heart closed. It's gotta be ripped wide open to say, God, what is it today that you have 
What more presence? What more power? What work do you have for me to do to accomplish what it is that you have put in me? We can't be entertainers. We have got to be interceders. I believe that as real life, we have got to be a church that must be always missional. Some of you know that it's been just maybe a a little more than a year ago, I had the opportunity to start hanging out with some of the Erie Police Department. I was talking with Officer Tom Lennox. He runs the POW program, that police athletic league that's just, man, they, they have a couple of hundred kids every day that they are making an impact and a difference in some of the tougher school areas of, of, of Erie, trying to, again, make a difference as, a, as an officer and make that connection between them. And Tom and I were talking for probably literal months, and he was saying, Pastor Jim, how, how can we get you into POW? I'm, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's some politics involved. There are, you know, like there's this church and state and this religion thing and whatever. And yet I know as much of the good work that we are doing, like how do I bring this spiritual component into this program? And Tom and I were talking about that for months and looking for ways that that I could get involved and, and wondering what would be the step for that to take place. And less than two months later, the former chaplain of the Erie Police Department left. And this whole door opened up for a new chaplain to come into the Erie Police Department. 200 officers. And so for these last eight or nine months, God has opened up a door for me to be missional in a pretty wild and darkened place. I mean, you guys are rough, but those guys are really rough. And here's what I want you to hear today, friends. You see, when you have an insatiable desire, God will open impossible doors. I look back now, maybe less than a year later, of Tom and I praying and questioning how, how could it ever happen? And yet to realize that we have a God. If we are missional, we have a God who can open doors. If our heart says there's got to be more, there's got to be something, there's got to be a way. If we have an insatiable desire, we have a God that can open impossible doors. And I can't tell you what it's done for me, and I hope can't tell you what it's done in the connections and the relationships of officers that I hope that my life and, and what I'm doing there is making not only a difference today, but making an eternal difference in their life. You see, the desire for any of us is, is it just going to be maintenance or is it going to be missional? Let me just kind of finish. I'm going to ask the band. They're going to help me today. You see, 15 years ago, when we had this heart to open up real life, I knew the same statistics that I read to you today were virtually the same statistics that, that I was fighting 15 years ago. That most of the time, that most churches, new churches, church plants, don't make it. And we talked about, sometimes it's people, sometimes it's personalities, sometimes it's procedure, 
And just kind of over the course of that startup, the, the dream that a lot of people had, we let us get involved in that. And just sometimes some weird stuff, some bad stuff happens. And on average, most church plants are over after three years. They had a dream to change the world. But like that and so many other churches, like in England and France, sometimes we're just more interested about maintenance than we are about mission. And I remember 15 years ago, we had just a couple of couples with Debbie and I. Four that committed time and money and prayer an effort to invite people every week to real life. This small group of people, they came in early every Sunday and they stayed late. They cleaned the building. They taught kids at Kids Church. They greeted at the door. We called them our core team. They were the ones, if anything had to happen, they had to do it. We had to get it done. I look back and I'll be honest with you today, we were missional at the beginning of real life because our very existence depended on it. I mean, if we were gonna make this thing work, if we were gonna be around in three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, then man, we better work at it every single week or we're done. And I guess this pivot point for us today is to question at this mark in our journey is that are we still that hungry today? Are we still that missional today? Is it still about him? Is it still about them rather than is it about me? You know, I've had a chance, we've had a lot to talk about in the last couple of weeks you see, today we have a renovated building. When we first got here, this building was nothing like you see it today. We finally have a little money in the bank, something that we didn't have for a long time in starting real life. Today we get to hire somebody to clean the church. You know what that can sound like? It can sound like maintenance to me. It can sound like, hey, we've done it. We made it, we arrived. We don't have a lot of those early struggles that we used to. We have people that come on Sundays. We, we have some people that serve. Money's not quite the issue that, that it used to be that we can maybe just call it in. Listen, I don't wanna hammer you today, but just kind of give you another statistic of where our world is today that most people that say they're a regular attender, I don't know what that means to you, but statistically now that means they attend 2.3 times a month. That's now what they're saying is a regular church attender, which basically says we come twice a month. You see the world in front of us is nothing like the world behind us. And so here's how I wanna finish today. Maybe you'll hear my heart and you're gonna hear more of it next week. <laughs> Maybe in what you heard today, you're not gonna come back next week, I don't know. 
But here's how I hope that you'll pray with me today and maybe this week. And, and as we gather next week and we think about what this journey for real life not only has been, but even more of what it will be in our days ahead. You see, I wanna pray that you'll, like they prayed for that follower in Acts chapter one, God, you know you have someone for us. We need someone to join us in this apostolic ministry. We can't be a man down. I think about that on Sundays. I think about that in outreaches. You heard Bailey talk about trunk or treat or our different outreach. Listen, we can't do it without you. We don't desire to do it. We can't do it with a man down. The disciples didn't go forward into ministry until they were full again. And so I believe at this pivot point for real life is that I don't really wanna go another 15 years if we're not all in. If there isn't someone to fulfill the apostolic ministry, and that simply means that I'm here to help motivate you to do the work of the ministry. I want you to pray about being missional, about being motivated. I want you to think as you prepare for Sunday, listen, I'm not going in on autopilot. I'm not going in with all the past questions or thoughts about what's gonna please me or what's gonna benefit me, but I wanna go in with this heart of worship that says what? It's all about Him. I wanna be ready, I wanna be engaged. I wanna be missional in my worship, missional in the time of engagement with the Word. I wanna hear and feel what the Spirit is saying to me. I want us to pray about, is it time for the music to fade? So that our heart and our focus is on Him and Him alone. And maybe I wanna ask some people today, maybe we need a 15-year core team. Maybe we need some people that are willing to say, Pastor, whatever it is, whatever it takes. Those are the people that God gave us 15 years ago. We knew it wouldn't last forever. They, would, they were gonna get burned out for sure. The church was gonna grow, things were gonna take off. We needed more people and that's for sure. But, but I wonder, must have been my prayer in these next 15 years, I wonder who's gonna be the, the 15 year core team. Who's gonna say, Pastor man, if there's a turbo boost, if there's a rocket boost that, that we need to get moving into the world that is in ahead of us, then, then count me in, count us in. We are in heart, soul, strength. We believe what it is that God has started. We wanna be here for real life's 20th and their 25th and their 30th. And we wanna to rejoice to see that we as a church, we're not maintenance-minded, but that we continue to be missional minded.